1: you're listening to family feud part of the paris style podcast family they might not be brother and sister but they sure do fight like they are here's your hosts keely or and shotgun spratling
2: welcome to another episode of the family feud podcast i'm your host keely or joined by shotgun spratling and cousin of the pod chris travino we have another good show for you guys today. We're talking about week three of USC spring camp. We'll share our takes and observations, and we'll give our thoughts ahead of USC's 2021 spring game, spring showcase. Not sure which one we're going to go with. I guess we can decide that after we see it. <laughs> I think how they play will determine that. Uh, but like always, you can follow us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also send us questions or submissions to the show at familyfeudpod at gmail.com, or you can tweet at shotgun, shotgun, On Thursdays, uh, we got a couple tweets from you guys, so excited to answer your questions. But first off, let's start with our classic segments of Stock Up, Stock Down. Shotgun Spratling, who do you got?
1: Well, if I'm going to start, first off, I'm going to start with Spring Game because I think it's going to be an actual game. Oh, Uh, That wasn't on my list, but uh, the first guy that came to mind when I was thinking about Stock Up is Jaden Williams. I think the cornerback, he's he's reserve cornerback, and Chris Steele comes back, so he's bumped down to the second team. But he had a a pick six against Mo Hassan. He had another pick on Tuesday in the practice we saw. I think that he is taking his game to another level, and I think that's a big positive because there were some questions about that depth after Chris Steele, after Isaac Taylor Stewart. Who's going to be in there? Can it be an actual competition? And I think the – Early signs from Jaden Williams and from Joshua Jackson tell me, yeah, if someone's not, you know, on their P's and Q's, then Dante Williams is not afraid to you know, make a move and bench somebody for a game. So I think those guys are putting a little bit more pressure on Chris Steele. And that's something that, you know, we heard from Dante a Thursday morning. And he said, you know, that he's always going to be looking for competition. You know, someone asked him about, the starting spot on the other side, basically away from Chris Steele, and he's like, what are you talking about? There's Two two spots are open, and there's always going to be two spots open. So uh, I think the, the early signs from Jaden Williams and Joshua Jackson, really positive developments there. And one of the things that, that, that Dante Williams said today about Jaden Williams, and he said this about Chris Steele as well, he said, you know, previously it was you know they were playing fifty percent mental, fifty percent physical. He said that he wants them to play ninety percent mental and know what exactly what they're doing, and just be ten percent physical, so that they're not grabbing as much, they're not trying to to use their bodies, they're using their head first, and then being able to make a play on the ball with that last ten percent.
2: And you can see Dante in practice kind of you can tell that he's working on that aspect with both of them. I saw both. Uh, I saw Dante pull aside both of them at certain times during practices and kind of talk to them one on one. And it seems like he's just trying to really instill like, hey, calm down a little bit like because they both get a little chippy. So uh, I think it's interesting that he noted that.
0: And to comment on your playmaking breakdowns, he also almost had another pick when the ball was tipped and it just came off his hands in a team period. And Jaden was always a really interesting take in that class, I'm blanking, 2019 class that he came in, because he was kind of a late bloomer in the recruiting sense. He had some trouble academically, and then right at the end, USC, Oregon, with where Dante was, who offered him, and Washington all offered him in a span of like a couple days. So big trio Pac-12 teams trying to get him late in that recruiting cycle because it looked like he was going to be able to get in somewhere, so... Dante knows what he's he was he's, he was getting when he when he signed under USC and saw him on the roster.
1: There were also some questions about him coming out of high school. Is was he a tweener? You know, where exactly did he fit in position-wise? Was he a safety? Did you need to, you know, bulk him up and play him at the linebacker position? Similar to a to more. both those guys coming from Corona Centennial, it was a question of where exactly do they fit on the field. And I think both of them have found a home now. And Jaden Williams, I think there were still questions about that coming into the spring, but he's definitely took some big strides, and, you know, cornerback seems to be a spot where, where he can stay. I
0: don't know about you guys, but I think he's a little bit slimmer. He looks a little quicker.
2: My body comps have been really off just because oh, yeah. we've we've oh, yeah. haven't seen anyone close and we're at different angles. So I feel like I can't like truly compare. I would
1: agree with that. Her or me? Her. Since Keely and I are used to being on the sideline seeing them. Yeah. And so you it's guys a much don't different use too. Try not to. Try to use these eyes. Since
0: we're talking about cornerbacks, I guess I'll keep it in the defensive back family. And I had stock up for Kalen Bullock, the freshman uh, safety. He had two picks on Tuesday, really nice picks. One was in the, the one on one drills. He's just so long and lengthy. And, you know, we've talked about how he needs to add a weight to his frame because he is a slender dude, but just incredibly long. And that that's how the first pick came down. He was just all over the dude. And he's been really impressive in one-on-ones. I feel like he has the best uh, win-loss percentage out of the freshmen because I've been tracking them all year. I feel like he only has one uh, loss against him. Uh, but so long, just smothered the guy and grabbed the pick. I don't remember who was on. Maybe John Jackson. And then he had another one on seven-on-seven, on seven, which you guys had a better look of. And his only real ding on Tuesday was he gave up the touchdown on that really nice Jackson-Dart play at the end. But it was still really nice coverage, and it was mm-hmm. just a better catch by the senior tight end, Eric Cronenhoek um, and you saw, I believe it was Nivar come up to him after and like give him a little bit of coaching or someone did. Um, so to, you know, probably to say, hey, move on, good coverage, do this better next time and then move on. So I think he's actually having a nice little ascension with that uh, among those uh, freshman safeties and Anthony Beavers, Xavier Ex-Marion Gordon and Gordon uh, and Bullock.
1: Yeah, I think that he's a guy that's making a lot of plays. I do have a question, once you get into the full tackling drills and you get into a season that, and you're practicing and if you're tackling every day rather than having an extra day off, how does his body hold up? And that's the, you know, the big part of him adding weight. You know, he's got really thin legs right now, which you know, isn't really that big of a concern, but the bigger concern is the shoulders because I think back to someone, he reminds me body-wise of Isaiah Paul Mao coming out of high school. And Isaiah Paul Mao takes the big hit from Ronald Jones you know, basically breaks his shoulder and is out for the rest of the season. So I, I would I get concerned about guys, you know, that play that position, you know, with that body frame, just because, you know, when you, you get someone, say it's Marquis Step coming downhill and you're trying to tackle that guy, you know, and, and suddenly you have an arm injury or shoulder injury. So that's a concern for me and that's why one of the reasons why he's still gotta add some weight. But definitely he's making some plays so far. So I, I think that's a a big positive sign. And like you said, Looks like he may be taking a little bit of a step forward from the rest of that group this come in.
0: And I don't think many people expected, given that he needed to put on weight, that he would be kind of trending ahead of some of the other guys.
2: So I had Kanai Malga on stock up. Um, I think he's a guy who, after we finished recording last week on Saturday, he stood out to me. And he's just a guy who I keep writing down. I think he's come along. I think he's definitely improved. And he's a guy who I think was definitely hurt by, Um, having that hamstring injury at the start of training camp. I think he was learning on the fly during the season. And so now, you know, we hear a lot from the defensive coaches talking about how like, Hey, we didn't really have a spring to install and instill our culture. And training camp wasn't even a real training camp. We were focusing on the opponent. So now I feel like this is the time where you're seeing guys like Kanae Malga really start to make those, those leaps. And not only, on the field, but I think off the field too. I've seen him when the second teams up, when other guys are doing things, he's behind them, vocal, um, yelling at them, and so I think that's a it's a good uh, step forward for leadership for Kanai as well.
1: I think that it's the thing that has impressed me most so far about him is the sideline to sideline uh, aspect of it. He's making some plays, catch, you know, running backs catching the ball and swing passes. And even a guy like Keontae Ingram, a guy that has been super elusive, been the most elusive of the running backs. I think that Kanai has made a couple nice plays being out in space against him and making that play, and that's one of the areas where he has struggled in the past, especially early last year as he was coming back from that hamstring injury. So he's a guy that that I considered for my list. There were several players. There's a lot of guys that I feel like are going to stock up this week. You know, just a lot of good vibes around the practice. Good vibes. I, I feel like, you know, there's a lot of positivity coming off practice. Not a lot of guys are you looking at just like, this guy's not making any plays. This guy is not happening. Um, so one of the stock ups I had was the practice plans. Yeah. I think the fact that they've changed some things up—it's something we've called for, you know, several times in the past years. You know, more more particularly during the season if things are not going you know the way you want them to. But I think they've done a really good job of mixing things in different drills. You know, doing the Trojan drill to start the first two full padded practices you know this this past Tuesday throwing in the you know the goal line situation with the four on four where you have three guys block you know three blockers trying to take on three defenders and then you know running back trying to make it into the end zone with a you know a secondary defender coming up to try to make that tackle I thought that was a really good and it changed the vibe of the entire practice it, yeah. you know you just felt the energy really rise from there and that led in the way not only did it you know did it you know, was an energy boost for the rest of practice, but it was also leading into their goal line and short yardage situation. So it was a really fitting transition there. So I think their practice plans have been really good so far this spring. So got to give the coaching staff credit for that. You know, I know some people out there don't want to hear any positives about this coaching staff, but Clay Helton, uh, you know, definitely the practice plans have been very good so far this spring.
2: In that same vein, I had organic competitiveness. It sounds like your culture creation from last week.
1: I feel like this is going to be more expensive at the grocery store. It is. Just it's Whole Foods. Yeah, we're, we're in a Whole Foods right now. <laughs> yeah, we're it's in a Whole Foods. not culture
2: creation, organic <laughs> competitiveness. Find it at your local Whole Foods. No, um, I just think, I mean, we've watched I've every Clay Helton practice that we've been allowed to see. I've almost seen all of them. And we've seen the fake rah-rah. We've seen the, hey, let's start pro- practice off high energy and then it just trails off you know even spring camp sometimes felt like they were just going through the motions like trying to get practice done with and now it feels like they really want to be out there and they really want to be competitive about it um I don't want to go into my herdits but you can tell that the players are definitely fired up and it's it's an organic thing fr- coming from them and not like hey I want to impress my coach by acting a certain way that I think he'll like you know what I mean it's just like I want to rip this guy's head off and win this battle. Maybe not as aggressive as that, but you can tell that they definitely want their side of the ball to win whatever drill comes up for that practice day. So, it's it's fun to watch as a reporter.
1: And that's what it takes to become an, a more elite team. Uh, I'm not going to say they'll become elite, but you know, that's the old Pete Carroll, win the day, you know, competition every period. You're seeing more and more of that. So, I think it's a very positive sign. I mean, if we're
0: doing whole food stuff, I have artisanal, artisanal tackling.
2: <laughs> what does that entail?
0: That's just a joke. Oh, it's just that's a funny. Bit.
2: I like it. Great bit.
0: I don't have any. Yeah. This uh, $12 pound, whatever you guys are selling over here. But <laughs> I have a uh, Dijon Benton. Um so have some Dijon. A little, little Dijon. So it, it, is, it, the store. it is in the grocery store. Oh, dang it. <laughs> okay. Artisanal Dijon Benton. There you go. Well um, done. Well done. Uh, I mean, it's not like a huge stock up, but I, this week on Tuesday, I noticed he was in this, I guess just the whole last couple of weeks, I've noticed that he's been making a lot of plays, getting a lot of reps. Um, I expect him to get more reps now that you have, you know, Jacob Lichtenstein dealing with the back tweak on Rehab Island. Brandon Peely is obviously down for the count. So you need some guys to step up. And I, I kind of like the... The development we're seeing with him. Hopefully you can get some more out of him in the the season. I know when he first came, uh, when he first enrolled, we noticed that he was making some plays early in fall camp, but then he kind of fell off. We never really got to see him make a strong impact during the season. So maybe this year is the year we kind of get a mini breakout from Benton. As a rotational player, I don't think he's going to start or anything, Um, but if they can get some good minutes and reps out of him uh, this season, I think that'll be good uh, overall for the defensive line. And you know, the guy just makes plays. Sometimes in the right spot, makes some big hits, thumping his chest over guys. So I like what uh, what Mr. Benton is doing so far in spring.
1: I mean, 2019, he was a guy that jumped over some people on the depth chart, and which was surprising to us because he was such a last-minute addition to the recruiting class. Literally, we hadn't, we had no idea who he was when it was added. And it was except for Brandon Huffman. Well, on oh, well, our side, on. that's why we obviously went to Brandon. You know, the the Bay Area guru, the the Pacific Northwest. You know, who is this guy? What do we need to know uh, because it was someone that USC hasn't hadn't been very active and just made a late offer similar maybe to Josh Fatu uh, you know a couple of seasons prior when they grabbed him from from Long Beach College and Josh Fatu ended up having a really successful couple of years at USC. I think Dejon Benton was a guy who said maybe we're they're on the same track there but last year it seemed like the new coaching staff he was not in favor with them so you know he kind of fell down the depth chart it's good to see him rising back up because he has some unique athleticism at that position. Uh, and I think that's what we're seeing this fall. You know, He's doing the right things. The coaches are, are, are seemingly trusting him more, and we're seeing that athleticism pop a little bit.
0: Pop quiz. Do you remember what team he was committed to? Did he flip from?
1: Washington State.
0: Ding, 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 ding. Wow. You win nothing.
1: Which would be similar to Hercules Maata'afa. Ma- if you remember you know, when uh, USC lost at Washington State, the game that Keeley remembers very vividly. How dare um, you? <laughs> he, Hercules had a huge game in there, just you know, destroying USC with his quickness at the defensive tackle, uh, and that's part of the reason why they were recruiting him. So we're seeing that quickness, and USC, one of the things that's interesting is seeing the, that Vic Soto is using different body types and different skill sets, and you're, you're seeing them allowing their skill sets to excel. Rather than forcing them into a, you know, pigeonholing them and saying, "Hey, you need to do this," you're saying, "Okay, if you're quick and, and fast then use that, rather than trying to use a bull rush or whatever it may be." So, I think that's an interesting tidbit there because Vic Soto you know, continues to get the most out of that group so far.
2: I think that's why that group has been so interesting to watch because it's just I feel like every day you're noticing a new guy and you're like, oh. That was a good play. And like it's not just, hey, it's Drake Jackson in the Drake Jackson show. It's like they're really utilizing their guys to their best ability so far, or at least moving them around. In that sense, well, I had... Sorry. Go ahead. I had Tuli Tui Polotu on Saka. Because you
1: mentioned Drake Jackson. I was going to say, I had Drake Jackson on mine, because he's a guy that we've expected to make big plays, and it's been like, when's it going to come? When's it going to come? This week, he's been all over the place. He nearly had another batted interception. Mm-hmm. You know, the offensive lineman can't stop him right now. So he's taking his game to another level.
2: Well, that batted interception, it was Thule and Drake mm-hmm. Jackson just, bam, right there in Keen's face. So I, they, those are some, some dangerous guys. And I know uh, we got to talk to Seth Daigie, uh this week, and he called Thule. He was like, he's just a freak. So when USC's tight end coach is noticing uh, a defensive lineman, I feel like that's kind of notable there. So, uh, you know. He was a guy who during fall press conferences, we would hear the older guys go, hey, Thule, that guy. And so when you hear the older guys kind of uh, mark a young guy, that's when you got to keep your eye out. And I think he's built off of that freshman season he had.
1: Not just Marlon's little brother this year. Nope. I also had Drake Jackson's
0: unblockability as stock
1: up. Mm. And I think your show title,
0: Drake Jackson and the Drake Jackson Show Needs Work.
2: Did I say that? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Thanks. A little
0: redundant. <laughs> okay. So maybe workshop.
2: That. He's visual v- bidding right now as well.
1: The Drake Jackson Five.
0: See, that's a show.
1: <laughs> well, a name. well, that's when you get Mike Jack and Man Jack and uh, I Jack out what, Drake. Forgot
0: what the sentence is already.
2: And they and they all do gymnastics.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we did see Drake Jackson once again break out the uh what was it the back back the of round off back. Yeah. No, he did new he did new hands right? Did he do hands? I thought.
2: Mm, I don't know. It was impressive for a big man. There's, a round, back There's a round off
0: backflip. was a round off backflip. In pads, too.
2: In full pa- Shoulder pads are restricting. That's just unreal to me. Some quick ones for me. I had Jackson Dart on stock up. I thought he took a step forward this week. Um, saw some creativeness from him. Some some playmaking ability that separated him a little bit from the doe-eyed freshman that we've seen for the couple first uh, practices between him and, and Miller Moss. And then I also had CV Namora on stock up. Uh, we saw some wrinkles. On Tuesday, and I think that's all I'm allowed to say. But I thought it was interesting uh, how he's been used sometimes. So, yeah, he's making plays out there.
1: Uh, and Jackson Dart, same thing. You're seeing a little bit of that creativity, that little Darnold magic. You know where he's creating on the run. Uh, don't get excited yet, folks. Yeah, I
2: was on a radio show and I was like, I'm not gonna say Sam Darnold, but I'm gonna <laughs> allude to Sam Darnold.
1: Yeah, he just he just has that playmaking creativity to where when the ball's in his hands, he might do something special. And because of the arm strength that he has, you know, he was able to, you know, he rolled out on play and he whipped a ball in there and beat Kalen Bullock on a, on a goal line throw yeah. when it was a very tight window. But it also, if the ball's not caught, it's gonna no one's, it's not gonna be intercepted. If he throws it low, you know, the wide receiver's not catching it. It was basically in a spot where his guy was gonna catch it or nobody was gonna catch it, and that's what you want in that type of situation in a goal line. And then you know, USC's run the read option. For several years now, and not really taking advantage. Occasionally, run it with a quarterback, and he got a good one on on uh, Tuesday, and pointed out to the defender that he, you know, made miss, uh, my, ma- fooled, making him go inside. He let him know. He let him know a little point.
2: Thought it was interesting. Jackson Dart also got some praise. Uh, from Chris Steele this week. I mean, he was asked about both quarterbacks and Miller Moscott praise as well, but he was saying, like, yeah, he, Chris Steele was surprised by his arm strength and how uh, smart he is as a player and competitive for a young guy. So I thought that was interesting.
0: And Deggy also said he's just effortlessly charismatic.
2: Which works for a quarterback, I guess.
1: Yeah, he's, I mean, Sam Darnold may actually not, the, the play is similar to Sam Darnold, but the mentality is similar to like a Johnny Manziel. Now, these are all, he's not at that level of any of these guys. But those are the flashes that you're kind of seeing. You know, those are the personality
2: guys of Johnny Manziel on the field. I do, I would not I agree would with that. that. What?
1: You don't think he would drop a, you know, a money sign out of no. there?
2: I don't oh, yeah. I don't think it's that much. Yeah, I don't think that's like oh, a different yeah. type of like bravado.
1: Oh, he's not starting yet. Wait till he starts. You're gonna okay. see he's gonna drop something. Yeah,
2: wait, but you're taking that projection. I thought you didn't like hypotheticals. Hmm?
1: That's not a hypothetical, that's a projection. That's I, different. I do notice that he
0: gets really hype when big plays are made, but I'm not seeing him schmoney on everyone. Yeah, he's not, <laughs> not playing yet.
2: He's not planting a flag right now.
0: Yeah, it's gonna happen. He's not gonna do Oh, the, wait, that was Baker
2: Mayfield. My bad.
0: Yeah, and that's
1: the type of energy <laughs> I think he's got. Yeah, he's got that good energy. That good, good. It's going to happen. You see, like, okay, you heard
2: it here. If he ends up
1: starting later in his career, he's the guy that does something in a rivalry game that everyone remembers. You know, I don't know if it'll be Todd Marinovich style, but, you know, something that people will recall a decade later.
0: But any of our listeners that took their Zyrtec spring optimism blocker (laughs) did not hear anything you just said It's okay did not hear sam dartle did not hear johnny menzel didn't hear any of that
1: nope you know that's good because that's a you know it's a good segue into to my last stock up which is you know it's not too much optimism it's cooperation We saw some cooperation from the usc athletic department and it paid off for them the basketball team received its uh, the results of the ncaa's investigation Into you know going all the way back to 2017, this has been going on for a long time. The Tony Bland FBI investigation, him being arrested, him being charged, and later um, you know agreeing to the penalties of of admitting that he accepted a bribe uh, to try to funnel players to a certain agency. All that comes back; it finally comes out. And other schools, I've gotten theirs. You know, Oklahoma State is probably the most similar situation. They got a postseason ban. Now they got out of it. I don't know exactly how that's going to work. If, if that's just on appeal, and they're going to have to serve it next year. But USC got no postseason ban, which is the big, the most notable portion of it. They got two years probation, which is pretty much nothing, and they had to pay a five thousand dollar fine, one percent of uh, the the program. So it's nothing really. The program's budget. It's nothing really. To, you know, it's basically a slap on the wrist. Now, they did some other things. They proactively did some other things. They cooperated with the NCAA as much as they could. One of the big ones was DeAnthony Melton not playing. I still don't agree with that situation. But they also, you know, dropped two scholarships for one season. They cut down their recruiting hours. They did some things, self-imposed some penalties, and really cooperated. That was the quote today from from the the guy from the Committee on, on Infractions that spoke with the media you know they they receive their recommendation from the NCAA enforcement staff, and then they make a judgment after that. So that's how it kind of works. He said the panel, the committee on infractions panel, gives a great deal of reference to the enforcement staff's recommendation with regard to the mitigating factor of exemplary cooperation. That's how they described USC's cooperation, and the the enforcement staff works with the school for many months. They go through the investigation together, and he said it's a high bar in his experience to be able to get that recommendation from the enforcement staff. So they take it with a lot of weight, and that's what USC got. So that cooperation helped them to get you know, a, a lesser amount of penalties, I believe, than some of the other schools that that have been fighting this. Maybe DeAnthony Melton not playing played into that when other schools had players play. Maybe that had a portion to it. I still think that DeAnthony Melton should play because I wanted to see him play for one.
2: <laughs> but it's not good for USC's admin for coming in and handling that well because, as we all know, USC – and committee on infractions, those two don't go together yeah, exactly. well at all. So the fact that UFC was able to navigate that well and get that high praise is I think is very notable. Alrighty, let's get into some stock down. I don't have stock neutral this week. Because it's not a thing. I didn't want to force it. I probably could have picked one, but stock down. Who you got, Chris?
0: I have artificial stadium noise. Hey. Because as it was announced this week that there will be or last week is it this week monday monday it's been a long week has been a long week that they will be allowing fans for the spring showcase about five thousand. yes uh up, up the, to five we we'll, we'll see how
1: many show up that'll be kind of interesting too because kind of a little
2: bit a little bit late
1: notice and i think so many people are going to be interested in showing up that they should be able to pack it out
0: i think they'll get there
2: you just did like a full circle you're like i don't yeah, think right. they'll be able to do it i, I think, think they'll it. be able we'll to be do it, do it.
0: Classic shotgun search. I didn't
1: say that I didn't think they would be able to. Mm-hmm. I said I'm curious to see if they will. Okay.
0: Well, the fans. I mean, the players have been asked about it, and they've been pretty excited about to have you know real people in the stands, except minus just us up in the up in the booth in a dystopian stadium. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it'll be nice to have that that injection of fans back. So down on the artificial noise,
2: which I think is ultimately a stock up, but I'll accept it. What's a stock up? That the fan noise is gone. Fans are back, and football sounds more normal. No,
1: he made a stock down. Okay, he that's said fine. it the right way. Let him have his peace. I'm Thank sorry. You. Thank <laughs> you.
2: I, at least I didn't try and turn it into a stock neutral, so you're welcome.
1: You would try to do something like that. I got stock down. I got offensive arrogance. And this, if you want to spin it, could be a stock up as well. Hmm. Yeah, offensive arrogance, because we're seeing some diversified play calling. You know, we're not saying, well, these six plays are going to work. We just run them the right way every time. It'll work. we'll figure out a way to make it work. No. You know, if you change some things up and the defense doesn't know what's coming, you know, that makes it easier to run a play. Even if you don't get it exactly right, sometimes it still works there. So I think just the fact that they, they've shown some different looks this week, we've seen some different play calls, you know, just some diversified action from the playbook. Now you don't have to widen it out, and have a 200-page playbook, but add an extra sheet every once in a while.
2: Yeah, I actually meant to add that on my stock up. The fact that we saw something different on Tuesday from USC's offense, I think that's an encouraging sign because, like you mentioned on instant analysis, shocking up until that point, it was like, we're seeing the same thing. Like There aren't very many changes. So, uh, stock up for that, but also yes on your stock down. <laughs> <laughs> Quit trying to change everything to a stock up, lady. I'm not trying to. Come on, You lady. guys are just... Twisting the thoughts and the words. I had stock down on Kobe Pepe. He's a guy who was getting time before he injured his shoulder, or re-injured his shoulder last Tuesday. Um, and so far, we've only seen him on Rehab Island and on the sidelines with a huge shoulder brace on. So, uh, stock down for him. And, I mean, just stock down for defensive linemen in general because uh, we saw Brandon Peely come out on Tuesday in that uh from sources, Chris and I, uh, sounds like Brandon will be out for the rest of the year, which um, if you heard last week's podcast, Shotgun went on a very impassioned uh, cry that Brandon Peely needs to step up this season, and yet he's not going to be able to um, this season, unfortunately. And then I'll said Big Lick, uh, Jake Lichtenstein on down as well because he's not practicing. And Caleb Tremblay, if I, we really want to stretch it, because he also is not a full participant, though he was in the Trojan Drill. On Tuesday, so I don't get how that works out, but the four v four drill. Yes.
1: So, in a very similar vein, I had defensive tackle experience, defensive line. If you want to include Lichtenstein as a tackle there, just because you know you're looking at the guys, and Brandon Peely goes down on Saturday. Lichtenstein went down last week and has kind of been up and down, and he's a guy that we think can make a big jump into the starting lineup potentially but not practicing full-time. Caleb Tremblay, similar thing. Ishmael Softsher, a guy that, you know, is an older guy. So it's all young guys right now at those positions. And so you're seeing guys like Dejan Benton get opportunities and Jamar Sakona and, you know, Jay Toya. You know, th- those are the guys you're seeing in there, and they're making the most of it. But when you get to an actual game, you need some experience in there. You know, you're losing Marlon Tupelo, to, you had Jay Tefele two years ago, not having either one of those guys back. those are big losses for them and you need someone that's going to be able to hold the point of attack because that's what teams will definitely you know force feed the ball right down your throat over and over if you put a young nose tackle out there consistently
0: yeah i had i mean basically i had what you had i had interior defensive line experience because peely was your most experienced guy he had 38 game appearances not a lot of starts just five i mean you have guys with other starts on the line you know you have tuli but those aren't in true interior guys. And even Ishmael, who's out all spring, he only has one game appearance Mm -hmm. in his career. He is older, but he doesn't have those live game reps. So that's something USC hopes that he's ready for when when time comes. And then, like you said, the young guys, they haven't played a lot either, Kobe and uh, Jamar. So very, very uh, limited now on experience now that Peely's out of the picture.
1: I wonder, now Lichtenstein and, and Tremblay are guys that you expect to still be perfectly fine by the fall but I wonder if you see another injury if we see some movement with someone going somewhere else. Is there some kind of movement of some, you know, an offense alignment flipping to the other side or, you know, what it is just to add some extra depth for practice for one?
2: All I'm going to say is I've heard that there are rumblings of that.
1: Rumble, rumble, rumble.
2: I just don't know if it'll actually happen. We'll see. Now, I think this will have to be revisited based on what we see for the entirety of camp. So it's either stock down on coach speak or stock down on. Mixing and matching. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, left tackle watch. We've only seen Cortland Ford, even though we've heard that we'll see a lot of mixing and matching on that first team offensive line. We haven't. It's the same five guys. So either the coaches aren't telling us straightforward what's happening, or we soon will see some mixing and matching. And I brought this up on Wednesday's podcast, and I want your guys' opinion on it. Part of me was thinking, are they now looking for the transfer portal? Like, Do you know in the back of your mind, okay, we're going to the transfer portal and, and Cortland Ford will be our guy battling with whoever comes into the transfer portal? Could that be a thing? Because otherwise, you would want to get Casey Collier some more time, no?
0: I think this team is going to be always, up until the season, I think they're always going to be looking for some portal help. Because we heard months ago when you know it became clear that ABT was leaving, I mean, that was much earlier than the season started, but they were going to look into the portal for some instant impact offensive line help. So I think they're still going to be looking through that. I mean, spring is coming up, so there could be somebody who decides to leave after their respective spring camp for their team. So I think there's going to be another round of opportunity for them to go fishing in the portal. So, yeah, I expect them to still kind of shop in the portal for some O-line help.
2: But I guess my point is the fact that they're only using Cortland Ford at first team, is that just a, hey, we're using him for half of a camp thing? Or is this a, hey, we know he's our guy unless we get someone in the portal?
1: If you were seeing mixing matching at other positions and not his, then I think maybe you could draw that conclusion. But I think it's just that they're not mixing up that first group now. Who's determining that is Clay McGuire already decided those are the best five, or does he want such you know so many practices to look at that group and decide if they're the best one? I, I, we don't really know. We've been told multiple times, yeah, we're going to mix and match, and we haven't seen it yet, so we're still waiting to to see if that happens. And if not, then one of Keeley's <laughs> stock downs will come true. One of them will.
2: We can revisit.
1: <laughs> nice double down. Thank you. My final stock down is one that. It's Keaton Slovis. Oh, Ooh,
2: I actually was not expecting this from you.
1: See, I know that people aren't expecting this, and people may even disagree, but he's got to get better. He's, he's throwing way too many interceptions. Now, I know there's the receivers. You're trying to do some different things. It's spring, but there's still too many balls are ending up in the defense's hands. Uh, so that's a definite stock down for me. That's something that that has been a concern his first two seasons. You know, he did throw you know the three interceptions against BYU and then I think he ended up with eight or nine for for the year. So you go ah, that's a little bit of concern he's throwing a bunch of touchdown passes. Right now he's not throwing a bunch of touchdown passes passes in practice. He's throwing more interceptions at this moment. So um I, I think he's you disagree? I'm your, trying, your face
2: is—that's my. I'm trying to recall. I think that's a little dramatic.
1: Maybe, maybe a little bit dramatic. But there has been a lot of interceptions, and you know, you want your QB one to be taking care of the ball. That's the most important thing for the quarterback, and that's you know, if you got to throw the ball, and you know, if you're mad at the offensive line, which maybe I would be, and I would throw it over onto the deck on, uh, you know, over at the McKay Center, so someone has to go get the ball. You know, over the fence, someone go get the ball. I'm so tired of this being chased all over the place because he is—he's getting chased all over the place, but you got to throw the ball away. you know you, you got to punt instead of giving them the ball, the field position at the 50-yard line.
2: I agree with you to a certain extent, but I really think that there's a general underestimating going on on how much Keaton has to work on chemistry with the new guys. Because you barely have Drake London there. Brew McCoy's just coming back. Like I w- It probably looks different if Alman Ra and Tyler Rons were there.
1: Sure. Keaton Slovis is good enough. That he should be able to take five walk ons and not throw the ball to the other team. Even if it's not there, you throw it at the ground or whatever.
2: Sure. But some of those are like the walk ons like touching it halfway, it pops up, someone catches it. There
1: has been a couple of tipped interceptions, yes. I'm but ju- I'm just there's saying. been too many. Sure. You I- guys don't want to be harsh on anybody, that's fine. But first of all, your stars have to be stars, and he's not playing like a star at this moment. Now, we still got half a spring. We'll see what he does, next. And, and Keaton's a gamer, you know? So we'll see on Saturday when the, the lights are on and everyone's watching. What
0: impression is that?
1: Just a, a random coach-speaking. It was like Sound sounded cl- like a clown coach-speak. That's fine.
0: You sounded like you run a...
1: Most coach-speak is clownish, let's be honest.
0: It sounded like you run a morgue. <laughs> you look like a creepy... <laughs> Ew. A formaldehyde creepy Smelly, Yeah, like, like that. That's the Ooh. voice I was picturing <laughs> with that. Who I mean, also coaches football yeah
2: (laughs) naturally what a picture i started off by saying i agree with you but i added in
0: Then you took it too far
2: a caveat (laughs) already well it's time for chris trevino's favorite segment of the podcast heard it on the sidelines chris do you want to start us off
0: not really because you kind of already stole mine oh i did sort of sorry Brew McCoy obviously returned to practice on Tuesday, was not in full pads. He still has to go through the acclimation period. Um, but he was running and doing every rep like it was probably his last. He was going hard on everything. And then one of his first like route running drills, he went super hard. And then it got a big ooh from all the other wide receivers yeah. in attendants watching him. So looks big, looks fast, looks freaky. That's what
1: you want. And hopefully that wears off on the other wide receivers. That's what you want to be seeing mm-hmm, every rep. Mm-hmm. You don't want to see guys just jogging around, you know, fifty percent on on routes on air. You know, this is the time you're supposed to be trying to get better. And maybe some guys feel like, eh, there's nobody else out here, so why why do I need to go as hard? There's, nobody's gonna take my place because there's nobody practicing right now. So, uh, to see him come back and he can be the leader of that group. Um, along with Drake London, then I think, you know, could be a really big improvement for the wide receivers. Getting him healthy is obviously a big part of that.
2: I had two hurt one very quickly um, for that four on four drill. Tuasivi was picked as the, the back defender to try and stop uh, the goal line attack, but he was chosen late. And so when when his name was called, his helmet was off, and the hair, just he flipped it back so majestically and put his helmet on. It was like something out of a a sports movie. It was great. If you have hair like that, it comes with some responsibility and some (laughs) theatrical uh, responsibility, and he definitely uh, provided on Tuesday. Oh, Chris is hair flipping uh, now. Oh,
1: man. you've, You've unleashed a beast over here. Yeah, it was. It's very Troy Polamalu esque. It was, very, uh, it was yeah. actually more. Actually, his, his hair is a little bit thinner, uh, so it's more Clay Matthews esque. You know, when he flips his hair back. What a
0: detail on the hair! <laughs> his hair is slightly thinner, less fibrous <laughs> than. You
1: got you to know the flows. Come
0: on now, the flow man over here.
2: <laughs> and I mentioned this on Wednesday's podcast, but uh, hearing uh, Chase Williams during one of the defensive like battles, he was like, "Take this." Personally, (laughs) it's Keely Bleep. Uh, But he like everyone's very vocal. You hear from Jake Jackson. You hear from Isaiah Polamau. You hear from uh, Chase Williams. And so I think it's fun seeing those guys who, you know, in my mind, have kind of been marked as the younger guys. They're not so young anymore, and they're kind of taking over um, a vocal leadership role this spring.
0: It's not a bleep because you didn't actually say it. I did. (laughs) No, you didn't. I did. Stopped, paused, then said it.
2: Yeah, I said it.
0: And it was... No, I have to save my F-bomb for later. Okay.
1: I've got a couple of herdits, um, and it starts with the the press conferences that we've had, and it starts on Saturday with Clay Helton making another zoological reference, which seems Ooh. to be his favorite so far. <laughs> he talked about Casey Collier, called him a baby deer out there, uh, and called him a little Bambi uh, with the way that he was learning to get his, uh, his footwork down last season. This time he, he's talking about Jay Toya. You know, he's asked about Jay Toya, the defensive tackle, freshman defensive tackle, six six what six, three, and thirty pounds, yeah, something like that. A, that sounds right. A large fellow. Clay Hilton calls him a mountain of a man. Okay, that makes sense. He says I'm he with has, you. I'm with you. He has the largest head I've ever seen. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> he says he has the head of an elephant.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> and,
1: you know, everybody's just kind of looking around the zoom, like, what? It, it, is that what he just said? Like, uh, hell nah. <laughs> He said he has the head of an elephant. So Clay has used a, a variety of, of zoological references in the past, but this was a new one. This one kind of stood out because I don't think I've ever heard anyone be referenced as having a head of an elephant. So
0: I would have paid $100 to have Toya on that call <laughs> and just to see his like reaction. It would have been like... It would have been
2: like... <laughs> Thanks for really... Yeah, it was visual a visual, big. but I was yeah. just
0: visually bidding. And I just want Helton to keep going with these zoological references. I just want him to keep getting weirder and crazier. <laughs> and, like, I don't know, like, Sierra right. I don't know what accent I was doing. Reminds me of a sea enemy because he's so long and squishy. I don't know. I just want him to keep going. Just keep, keep doing it, Clay. Started with Big Horsey. and Now we're here. Now we're here.
1: With friends like these, who needs an enemies? There it is. Boo. <laughs>
2: what? Do we get... Speaking That's a Finding
1: Nemo reference, lady. Okay, fine.
2: <laughs> speaking of... Uh, heard She's it. probably on, never seen it. I have seen it. Thank you. Speaking of heard it on the sidelines, do we get what you said on the sidelines about that comment?
0: Does that count as a heard it?
2: Yeah, because I heard I, it. I
0: was just curious if... Do you think opposing players, offensive linemen, will use that against him? In the Jade trenches, Toya. Jade Toya. It's like your coach said you got an elephant head. Do you think that's going to be used in the trenches? Did Did Clay just put firepower in the trash talking uh, tank for offensive linemen?
2: You had some examples though.
0: You want some peanuts?
2: Circus,
1: circus elephant.
2: You have a long memory. We'll remember this next play.
0: I don't have peanuts, but I will give you this
1: pancake. <laughs> Calling him Dumbo I'm, and stuff. Yeah, but
0: I was just.
1: I want to see Jay Toya fly,
0: but also I would not want to make Jay Toya mad. That man, he sh- is a mountain of a I, man. I watched him doing like the running back drills when the defensive. End, I'm like, I would not want to tackle that. <laughs> I just, I saw like the students, because they had the student managers like mm-hmm. hitting the pads, like, don't hit him too hard. <laughs>
1: <What a tent. laughs> don't, don't upset him. <laughs> not the
0: guy to anger here. He's just, a, just a little shoulder check, you be
1: on the IR. Gone. At a couple of those from the press conferences, that I thought were interesting. Uh, quickly, Chris Steele giving his goals. He wants to be a unanimous All American. I don't know how you guys you know feel how attainable it is. I'm
0: saving it for taking or leaving. Oh. At, least, at least at least okay partially. I'll start Speaking Brains of Arena.
1: another. And he also talked about being a high draft pick. Another high draft pick was Michael Crabtree, which is who Drake London was referenced this week uh, from Seth Dagey said that he reminds him of Crabtree when they were at Texas Tech. So that was an interesting one to me. And then the one from the field that I, I thought was very interesting, I got a, a better chance to listen to Clay McGuire um, to teaching up the offensive linemen. I thought it was really interesting just seeing the attention to detail, which is always a positive thing when, you, you know, when you're know you looking at the coaches and what they're doing with players. And just it was, it was hand placement, it was footwork, it was a little bit of everything, which – Maybe that's a concern that you're having to teach up some of the it like some of the basics, but it was also some of the more complex stuff at the same time. But you know, I, I just thought it was interesting being able to hear him a little bit more because on Saturday when I tried to, there was a water polo game pregame going on, the music was blaring, so I couldn't hear anything today or on Tuesday. Excuse me, that you could hear a little a little bit more and being able to to see him working with the players. So just kind of taking an eye and keeping an eye on that offensive line group and seeing how they're developing under Clay McGuire. You know, they had the offense had its best day on Tuesday, and I think a lot of that, uh you know, came from Clay McGuire's input.
2: Tuesday was also a day, I noted to you guys after practice, I heard Clay McGuire the most that day. Mm-hmm. It's just something that stood out to me. So uh, it con- coincidentally, that's the best day we've seen from the offense. Maybe
1: he's finding his rhythm a little bit too. Maybe, yeah. You do know. Finding his place on the coaching staff or when to yell and when not to yell.
2: Already, before we head into Take It or Leave It, we have a couple questions from our listeners. First up is from AD, who asked, who, in your opinion, has performed the best at running back in spring to start, and who would back him up?
0: Gun to my head,
1: Vavai. Huh. Your choice or the coach's choice? No, just my choice. See, I would take Keontae Ingram with Vavai backing him up.
2: I think I would go with that, too.
1: But I would also have a package for Brandon Campbell. He's, he's made some plays. Yeah. He could be a unique option for them. So well, And Stephen Carr is always good on third downs. So
0: I would put Carr not Carr Campbell slightly ahead of Ingram in my Interesting.
2: I did not agree with his assessment. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I haven't really seen much out of Ingram.
2: I think he's great after first contact. Like I think he provides a different element that USC lost kind of with Marky Step. He's not a marky Step type of back, but he has a little bit of physicality that I think USC is missing in the other back. I think
1: he runs very similar to, to Vavai.
2: I'll have to watch on Saturday.
1: Okay, he's you guys miss in open field. He's picking up extra yards after contact, so he's my number one right now. Vavai, no,
0: you just described Vavai's running. No. St- I'm not saying you're, you're, you're picking no. Vavai. I'm just saying that's Vavai.
2: Hmm, similar.
1: That's why Vavai is my second. Yes, but Keanu she compared him better. to step.
2: No, I just meant in the fact that he's physical they physical. Let's get physical, physical. <laughs> I, mm, <clears throat> wait, I'm going to watch this more closely. <laughs> all right, let's go to our next question from Mitchell, who said, USC's well-stocked in wide receivers. Will Drake, London, Brew McCoy, and Kyle Ford be USC's top and main starters?
1: No. People keep throwing in Kyle Ford, but we got to see him out there. It's, it's very similar to the Solomon Poo poo. Yeah. When you have multiple injuries, I need to see you practicing full speed, full contact for a week before I'm putting you in any starting lineup.
2: Yeah, he's not even doing like full game rep cuts. Yeah, and, and so, we're
1: not expecting him to do that this spring. Yeah. It's great to see him where he's at so far that he's out there and being able to do cuts and stuff. But he's, you know, he's got to come back in the fall and then prove himself. So because he's a former five star guy, no guys want to annoy him, and you know we we think he has a ton of potential, but. Got to see him out on the field and actually doing it before we can throw him in any starting lineup. So Gary Bryant's the guy that's going to be the slot receiver, I think, right now. I think it's um, Drake London on one side, Brew McCoy on the other, and then Gary Bryant and Katie Nixon kind of mixing in at the slot receiver position. I think there's your top four guys right now, but watch out for Mike Jack. Continues to make some really nice plays.
2: Mike Jack needs some growth, but uh, you can see it. You can see the ceiling.
1: Well, yeah, and, and I think we've seen some flashes from him early and. This is what we see every camp. First-time guys, first few practices, they make some flashes, and you go, ooh, got to keep an eye on that guy. And then it kind of plateaus out a little bit. So he's plateaued out a little bit in the last couple of practices, still making some plays, but not as many wild plays. And I think that's just with the familiarity of the defenders. Now they know your moves a little bit more. Now that's when you cr- start creating those counters. You show your, your your initial move. Now can you create the counter off of it? And that's when you become you know, a more complete player.
2: Already, Chris, it's time for your signature segment. Take it or leave it, take it away.
1: Yeah, this is a last
0: minute fake real corporate sponsor because we had a fake real corporate sponsor drop out. Oh, my God. About, I don't know, 20 minutes before you arrived. It's very that. stressful. I had to get on the phones. Keely saw me just trying to he go through the emails, working them, phones. working them phones to get somebody. But we it got like somebody. And it's a big one, guys. It's Uh-oh. a big one. Uh, today's fake real corporate sponsor. A big thank you to Enterprise Rent a Car, but with a twist. Mm-hmm. And it kind of everything kind of works out for uh, for a reason because they are proud to announce their new national expansion right here on Family Feud podcast. We're getting the
1: wow exclusive
0: first look.
1: Wow.
0: Now Rent a Car is just not about cars. Now with its Rent a Coach program for those that need that extra motivation in life. And for you USC fans, you can rent your favorite SC coach to be that life motivator you've always needed. Shotgun, when you park on the third level of the parking garage and you're looking around, your head's in a daze, and you know your car's not there, you can have Craig Nivar screaming at you that you parked on the third floor, you (laughs) dumb (laughs) You're misaligned right now. (laughs) Keely, when you tweet out a breaking piece of info... You can have Vic Soto in the background going, scoop, scoop, scoop. Don't you want Gavin Morris running down the street like a crazy man and posting it all over his IG stories when you get that big promotion at work? Take your life to the next level and leave your competition in the dust with the right push from our Renna coaches. Renna coach, you must legally provide your own whistle and hat. Thank you so much to Rent-A-Car rent a and their Rent-A-Coach program. Thank you so much, guys. I'll be sure to get in on that. Well,
2: what what will they do for you?
0: I mean, you guys can be the, the deciders of that. What I want... Uh, I don't really have anything right now.
2: Maybe we'll get uh, Soto in the studio when you have to do Tunnel Vision, and he'll just Oh Oh, that, that's good. He'll speak laps, at you. Laps. Speak.
0: Run a lap. <laughs>
2: speak or, or run this, laps. This, yeah. is, this
0: idea was inspired by Keeley telling me to run laps before. Before in, any public appearance you make. any public appearance. Get the uh, jitters out. But with that, let's get into these. Uh, USC Hoops got off light with the NCAA punishment.
2: Take it. Take it.
1: I mean, they, they self imposed, which definitely helped with all that. But the fact that it's two years probation, which it seems like every other program is on some kind of probation, um, and a small fine is no big deal. The fact that they didn't lose any scholarships, and the biggest one is the no postseason ban. So, you know, I think that they'll take that and try to move past it. That's the, the big thing. And I, I got a text from, from a, a person inside the program. As you know, it was a sigh of relief today, you know, and it was like, we kind of expected that this was going to be the outcome and that's what we're hoping for. But the fact that it's over, it was just, thank God that was the response that it's finally over. They're done with it. They don't have to worry about it. It's not, a, not something looking over the shoulder. You know, you've looked at programs like Arizona, where they're constantly looking over the shoulder, constantly looking over their shoulder, waiting to see what the NCAA is going to finally do. Kansas in the same situation right now. USC is like, it's done. We're through with it. Let's move on. And now they can fully do that.
0: Looking down the line, Brew McCoy, Gary Bryant, Drake London, and Michael Trigg is the scariest lineup USC can put out.
2: This season? Yes. That's a tough question. I'll take it. I
0: only do tough questions.
2: I'll take it. Okay. No one's congratulating me for that.
1: No, she was (laughs) in there. She was first. (laughs) I'm leaving it because as a former wide receiver... We're putting five wides out there. Give me Mike Jack out okay, there as well. Okay, but Trig is nope, like... A nope, nope. Give me, give me. I'll give Trigg, he, he's He can be split out wide, but I want five on the field. And I don't want to run him back. Yeah, no, I don't want to block in tight end. Give me elite pass catchers. But to be clear, you're
0: keeping Trig.
1: I think he's going to be the, the special it,
2: one he at that position. it sound like he was taking Yeah, it sounded Trigg. like he's
0: like losing the tight end. Yeah. Even though... He's a jumbo. He's a Drake London yeah. tight end. Okay. Based on camp so far, the defense will be the winners of spring showcase. It's the spring game. The spring showcase.
1: Whatever. Leave it because it's not gonna be divided that way. It's team cardinal, team gold.
0: Yes, but
2: <laughs> bam. we c- <laughs> bam! Semantics are important. Count it.
0: You can still
1: pick a winning side of the ball.
2: Team Cardinal. I don't know who Team Cardinal is, but I'm gonna pick Team Cardinal.
1: <laughs> Fine, I'm going team gold. What now, Chris? Ruined your
2: taking leave is so mad.
1: You do that every week. It's fine. Which one will be more impressive? Yes, the defense.
2: Chris, will I will take that. Defense. Okay. It's much easier for them to do that. And they've impressed so far. The majority of the time. So far.
0: Coach Daigie's Michael Crabtree comparison for London is a good one.
2: <laughs> I feel like you phoned this one in. Why? It's a good one. I don't know. It just sounded like you came up with it. Last minute.
0: Look, he's thinking over hard over here. He doesn't know what to do. I'm not
2: a big comparisons gal. Unless I I make them.
0: (laughs) I think Deggy was like, man, I need to get people writing stories after I talk. I'm going to throw this one out there.
2: (laughs) Hey, kudos to him.
0: Because he just said that apropos of nothing really.
1: I'm going to leave it because I don't know that Crabtree played any inside in, in the past. Now, I know he's talking about London on the outside, but I think that London just presents such a different element because he can move inside outside. And I just think his body type is a little bit different. I think you're seeing more of a Mike Evans. That's been probably the most popular comp for Drake London, just with that big body. And Mike Evans was a guy that played outside, but played a little bit inside. So that's, I think, a, a better comp just because body, body uh, type.
2: Well, I think he put the context to the comparison as like they both played basketball. Their body control is is similar and not necessarily like, their body itself. So... I think it was a very specific comparison from Diggy. And it was also a little flex because he was like, you know, me and Graham Harrell are the only ones who really know how to compare Michael Crabtree. So I thought it was funny.
1: Yeah, that's fine. And I, I like more specific comparisons like that. I just don't see the same thing. Now, granted, I wasn't around Michael Crabtree. so
2: That's what I'm saying. You can't flex. I'm not trying to flex, lady.
0: So you're... That's
2: two lady counts for this podcast. He says that to me off air, but it's made it into the air <laughs> today.
0: Did you did you get a take or leave on it?
2: I was more like a commenting Keep. on shotguns. <laughs> comments. No, I was a Nevit. Nevit. Not <laughs> taking or leaving it because I don't really like comparisons.
0: He's doing the scrunchiest face I've ever seen him do. Unless
2: I've seen... Like, if you go like, hey...
0: It's not the game. He
2: reminds me of <laughs> someone that I've personally seen. Then I can be like, yes or no, I agree with this. I can't do that with people I haven't actually seen play. Up close and personal.
0: Okay, Drake London compares to Drake London. Yeah, you like Take that? it. I yeah, take okay. that. I think okay, that's really okay, okay. We'll put on that. easy mode for you.
1: <laughs> we took it off Heisman and put it on. Yeah, practice we put. Mode. Let's
0: put the bumpers up on the bowling alley. <laughs> okay, it makes it fun
2: because you can like ricochet. Oh off the yeah. Lanes.
0: Okay. I brought this up to Keely oh. in practice, so I'm excited to hear what she says. But drill hierarchy in practice <laughs> matters. Like, Explain. who's first up on a rep and drills?
2: So, the context to this is that we were watching the running back drills, and Keontae was the last guy up. And so, Chris made a remark, like, Ooh, Keontae's last one up. And I was like, I don't think that fully matters sometimes. And he was like, Oh, I'm a big believer in drill hierarchy.
1: So, we're talking practice? Yeah, yeah. Not a camp situation? Because camp situations yeah. definitely matters. Yeah. People are cutting line. No, I know. You got to pay attention it's to a, who's, nice, who's nice actually going and who's not just standing Fun in the back of the line. side story of camp. Yeah, so normally it does. Normally it does. Because you want your most experienced guy to go because you're running through the rep, so you want them to actually get the hands-on. You know, When you're transitioning to a new drill, you want the coach to be able to be hands-on with the guy that's actually going to be playing. Now, after that, not as much. After the first guy, it doesn't matter as much.
2: I think it also just depends on the coach. You know, like I... I think it's a very specific case-by-case case basis. And that's why I think you can't say a broad... Oh, no, I'm broad-stroking.
0: So you're taking it, taking it. partially. Partially. You're leaving yeah. it.
2: Partially.
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. As you mentioned, Chris Steele has a couple of goals. One being five picks. I feel like that is high enough to lead the defense. So Chris Steele will lead the defense in picks. In 2021.
2: Shotgun's really mulling over. Yeah,
0: he's like really going through something over there.
2: Go ahead, (laughs) Keely. So, last year, obviously, was half a season. But Chris Steele had one. I think Paul actually, is the guy that ends up Lamar. more. I'm going to leave it as well. Though I'm curious where position he ends up playing.
0: He also said that he wants unanimous All-American honors. Big goal. So... This is kind of a melting pot, but Drake London has a better All-American case than Drake Jackson and Chris Steele or, or Chris Steele
2: or individually. This is a very complex Individually,
0: individually. But you get two
1: players to have a, to
0: split the odds. Which I can do a lot of thinking today. That usually means I'm on to something. I'm going to take it. Oh, OK.
2: I'm going to take it. Just because... See, the thing that makes me hesitate is the Drake London... or do the, Sorry, the Drake Jackson part. Yeah. Because DVs just don't... You have to really show up. You gotta up. be like... You have to... It's the
1: a, one. It'll, it'll take more than five picks.
2: Yeah. So that's why I'm leaving 17 it. 17 picks? 92. <laughs> that would work. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Our last one comes from a fan or a Twitter user.
2: Ooh, fan submission? And I just want to say... Twitter submission?
0: I like getting Twitter submissions about take it or leave it so this is for the people so the people this this is owned by the people not me this is a community <laughs> thing so send me your take it or leave it if you want me to grill these two uh
2: you already used your beep
0: two people <laughs> um and this comes from b squared at bert underscore b 1989 that's his username the number 55 will be given out before we get a new head coach
2: Take it or leave it. Leave it. Leave it. They've really stalled on the fifty-five.
1: Mm-hmm. For good reason, there hasn't been an elite linebacker.
2: Last one was Lamar Dawson, right?
1: Last one to wear it, yes. Yeah, that's what I meant. Last one that could potentially have worn it would probably be Cam Smith with the number of tackles that he made. But
2: that was always that. That was like rumored.
1: It was rumored, and but then, and then he stuck with thirty-five yeah. because thirty-five has its own little bit of history as well.
2: Yeah.
1: All right.
0: There you go, B-squared. B-squared? Leaving it. Both of them. All right. Let's get to the fun ones. Just have a couple. Not not a very, like, deep, fun one roster, but
2: oh.
0: I'm sure you guys maybe have seen Boston College trying to deal with New Balance to be their, like, athletic sponsor, like, for, like, I did not apparel see and stuff. Yeah, so... New Balance as your school's uniform supplier. <laughs>
2: Leave it. <laughs> That's the official dad uniform of the NCAA. I just think of like the the New Balance white sneakers with like yeah. the jeans.
0: Those are gonna be the cleats. <laughs> just oh. put spikes on those. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> he hates it. Yeah, baby. The, with the highlighter, you know, the the end is all like lit up. <laughs> in the dark. Yeah, baby. Those night games be crisp cool so no taking it <laughs> no. <laughs> taking it give me reebok before that <laughs> new bounds baby the nb all right the ocean is scarier than the jungle
2: yes take it take it
0: no hesitation
2: mm-hmm. i like to see my feet
0: are you one of those my people legs that you have the fear of <laughs> like not being able to see the bottom i
2: can't see what's with me don't like it it's
1: simple the water is scary Oh, okay. <laughs> Newfound fear over here. I did not know about. There's multiple directions you can go when you're in a jungle to try to get away from something. There's no nowhere to go when you're in the middle of the ocean.
2: Yeah, that's a great point.
1: Great point. Those are my fun ones.
2: There's also like more things you could like climb to get out of the way or like ditches or something, you know? Ditches. <laughs> Escape routes. I
0: like how you went That's ditch. exactly
1: what I just said.
2: <laughs> I'm building on it.
0: She's expanding. First,
2: she gave me a
1: wrap it up sign, <laughs> and then she wants to expand on the same comment wrap that I've already it up. made.
2: I but
0: also, <laughs> let me throw this in I there was for building you.
2: Building on your great comment, shotgun. That's all.
0: And that's that. Uh, that's it for that. But I do have and one and one. The unofficial ending of the show.
2: Does that mean we get presents again?
0: Nope, <laughs> does not. Shotgun. I know you are a huge DMX fan. Tragically, mm-hmm. we lost the great Dark Man X uh, last week. So I'm opening up to the floor. Is there anything you want to say about DMX, who
1: I believe you said one time was your favorite rapper? He was my favorite rapper growing up. So it's very unfortunate uh, to see him go. Uh, it's Dark and Hell is Hot will remain a classic album for all time.
0: And Keely might be mad because it's like, that has nothing to do with USC. But if it does. Carrie Colbert, if you was can hear singing, me
2: flipping through my notes, I was trying to find it.
0: Singing X Gonna Give It To You. He was. At a Saturday's
2: practice? Well, that's what I was trying to find.
0: It was Saturday's practice, so. Which is off his third album, I believe.
1: Favorite DMX song? Rough Riders' anthem is just so good. And it's his first single, which makes it, you think, oh, well, there's something else that's going to come. But It's just so good. There's a couple other, like, less known ones that I really like, too. But Anything you want to?
2: I've told you guys before, I don't think on this podcast, but if I have a tough set in the gym, back when gyms were a thing. DMX was my go to.
0: You just lift more when DMX is You bumpy. do. You really do though. <laughs> you go harder. He's
2: mad at me personally. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So, RP to DMX, can we all get one bark? <laughs> Let's go. One bark. <laughs> no. I'll go I'll go first.
1: Oh! <laughs> what is that?
0: Show me show what? me better. <laughs> Try to bait him. It's not working. Show Go show for it,
2: Shoddy. You have to <laughs>
0: He's laughing too much. Just thinking about those New Balance sneaks on his feet. I got nothing right
1: <laughs> now. <laughs> uh, it, it, one of my favorite things about DMX songs was just hearing the ad-libs on the edited versions when they would come on the radio <laughs> because there were so many ad-libs that had to be oh, thrown yeah. in yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Uh, ar, ar, ar. Oh, that pretty good. Every isn't? other uh, syllable. But if you listen to the album already, you're like, I know every word here. We're I know good. <laughs> And Keely, your bark? No.
0: All right. <laughs> Don't blame me for trying. I tried. You tried. And that that's it.
2: That's all I got. Well done, Chris Ravino. Well, guys, on Saturday, we will see USC in some type of game form. Any final thoughts? What are you expecting, et cetera, et cetera, Before we wrap this podcast up.
1: I'm just excited to see that it's gonna be, you know, an actual game format. And Hopefully, we see some. I think we're gonna see some true competition out of it, rather than the glorified practice, rather than just, hey, you know, you see one play. I think you're gonna see some feistiness. I think you're gonna see, um, just the competition between the positions, but also interpositional competitions as well. I think you're gonna be pushing each other because you know those reps matter, and especially with the way that guys like Vic Soto have talked about. You know, what you do on the practice field matters, but what you do on Saturdays matters even more. And so this is a Saturday for them. Let's see who actually makes plays when the quote-unquote lights are on and, you know, they set the ball down. Who's going to make some big plays?
0: Yeah, I want to see who steps up in that game-like atmosphere in the Coliseum and with some fans. I'm excited to see fans see USC football in front of them. So that's what I'm excited to see.
2: I'm curious to see what this defensive staff does and this type of – type of environment. We personally haven't seen them in a very like game like, scrimmage like situation. And to see they're kind of counterculture to what we've seen from Helton and USC football as of late. And so I wonder if they're gonna make this actually feel like it is a very competitive environment because that's what they've been showing so far. And are the reins put on them for Saturday because you know it's packed home network, don't get hurt, et cetera, et cetera, or is this the, the true uh vigor we've seen so far? Yeah, I think you're still gonna
1: see some vanilla. You know, they're not gonna bring out the most um, exotic blitzes or anything. You may see so they may actually throw some random offensive plays in there, like some, you know, a reverse or something, a wide receiver pass, something fun that they won't actually have in the playbook during the season. But you know, every once in a while you do something fun in a spring game. So maybe we'll see something like that too.
2: All righty, that's gonna wrap it up. We'll have instant analysis after the spring game. We'll have tunnel vision, of course. So make sure you stay tuned for those things. But that's going to wrap it up for the Family Feud podcast. That's Shotgun. That's Chris. I'm Keeley. We'll see y'all next week.